time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. How many times have you heard in the popular vernacular, it is what it is? I don't know how you feel about that, but I've been thinking a lot about the truth behind that. Sometimes I think people just use that as a pass off, like get over it, move on. It is what it is. And yet I've realized that one of the biggest struggles people have is against what is, against what things are right now, against where things are right now. In fact, it's probably the biggest factor that I see that gets people stuck and not just gets them stuck, but keeps them stuck because they keep trying to change what is. Throughout my career, part of my task has been to help people get to seeing what is and seeing the possibilities beyond what is. But it starts with understanding what is. When I was a chaplain, I was a chaplain at a hospital for many years and worked with lots of people undergoing lots of different life-threatening illnesses and walked with people as they went through some of the most painful and scary moments of their lives, whether it was because of an accident or illness or a diagnosis they were not ready for. And we walked through that path through some pretty painful places. And I realized that many times people had a question for the chaplain, and the question was, why did this happen? And they were not asking really for me to explain the details. They weren't asking for me to explain the dynamics of cellular growth or the dynamics of uh, different illnesses or the dynamics of physics that had led to the impact of an accident somewhere. They were really trying to figure out how it could not have happened. The question of why did this happen is looking sometimes for an alternate reality where it didn't happen. It was always interesting for me to watch people struggle with the why question, recognizing that it really wasn't why. I remember one night, late at night, there had been a car accident, and I was sitting with two families, one with a survivor who walked away with a scratch on his forehead after he ran through an intersection not stopping for the stoplight, and a family who had lost their family member because they were in the car in the direct path of the person who went right through that intersection. So the person going through the intersection was the one who made the mistake, and yet the person who died was the person who had just simply been at the wrong place at the wrong time. One family was rejoicing about how their child had been spared, their life had been spared by divine forces, and the other was asking, why did this happen? They weren't asking for me to explain the rules of physics and what happens when momentum hits one object in the wrong place or how the rules of physics played on the human body. They were trying to figure out a way to undo the accident. Think about the times in your life where something has happened, something bad has happened, and you keep thinking about that in your mind. And sometimes part of that thinking about it in your mind is trying to get your head around a way around it, some possibility where that event didn't happen. Well, we all do that as we struggle with what is. In the hospital, it was an easy place for people to struggle with that because they were at a place of wanting to, there to be a different reality, wanting the diagnosis to be wrong or wanting to be able to, to go back in time and undo some event that had led to them to where they were and yet where they were. 
was what is. As a therapist, I've worked with many people who were struggling with many other events in their life. Maybe they had a bad family in their upbringing, or maybe they were abused in some way, or maybe they had some other tragedy that left them trying to figure out a way to continue moving forward. And many times they were looking for that same question of why did this happen? Interestingly, many times they were looking really for a way to have had it happen differently, to have had a family where it wasn't abusive or wasn't dysfunctional, to have a parent who didn't abuse them, that loved them instead, to have a situation where they weren't hurt, where something different had happened. All were still struggles with what is. And that's the thing. We're always struggling to try to find a way around what is. Same with coaching. Many times I've worked with people in their coaching life where we have worked together to find a better way through their life. My life coaching is usually about helping people find an impact and how to find their meaning and purpose, how to, in many ways, get unstuck. And yet they were struggling with where they were right then. Many wanted to hold on to some surface view of themselves that cast them in a different light, and yet that wasn't who they were, and so they were struggling with that. Or maybe they had walked their whole life thinking they were going to be one way, thinking they were going to be in one profession, thinking they were going to have one outcome, and they struggled with how to get to a new place. Maybe the old way wasn't working anymore, but they couldn't find their way to a new place. And so part of the coaching process was to help them recognize what is, and begin to move beyond that because the what is always creates the platform of where you can go. But until we're dealing with what is, you can't get beyond the stuck places. So in all of my positions, I've realized that part of my task has been to help people understand what is, some of the dynamics of why the what is, but more than that, how to get to a new place of what could be. These frustrations, these confusions, these holding on to hurtful things are often, if not always, rooted in struggling with what is. Lately, I've been realizing that for myself, when I find myself at a frustration point, I need to accept what is rather than push against what is, trying to find a different alternative. Just a few hours ago, I was at a store trying to get a new DVR for our cable system. The cable, the DVR had not been broken, so had not been working. And so I'd been already frustrated with the fact that I was having to be there to deal with a DVR that wasn't working. I got there and the line was long and I was frustrated with the fact that I was going to have to wait in line. Interestingly, only about five minutes before I'd gotten there, there was another woman who was also upset about being in that line. But her solution was to ram a shopping cart right through the front door and shatter the the glass, leaving everybody a bit on edge. Her struggle was not wanting what is. She didn't want to have to wait in line. And I find that to a lesser degree. I'm not ready to break a, a window. And yet sometimes when I'm standing in line, I'm frustrated with the what is that I'm stuck. What I perceive as wasting time. And sometimes I have to remind myself that that's what is. I don't have to stay if I don't want to, but the what is of that situation is if I stay, I'm waiting in that line. So many times now, 
I stop and remember when I'm frustrated or confused or when I'm holding on to hurtful thoughts, when I'm thinking about those events, I realize that my biggest struggle is that I'm struggling with what is. We want things to be different, different than they are and different than they will be. And that's part of what gets us stuck in this trap of what is. You see, many people have this hidden belief, just looks below the surface, that life is supposed to be a steady progress line upward. You know, if you draw a graph where you've got the L of the frame of the graph, that there is a 45 degree uh, angle of a line going higher from left to right as it's hitting better and better and better. And yet that doesn't match the reality of how life goes. Reality is that line running up and down and up and back down and way down and back up and way up and then dropping down again and taking detours that we never saw coming. But we still pretend that this is some little split test, if you know the term split test, where you're testing two things, where you have one as uh, the kind of the control and the other is the experimental And so we find ourselves living in the experimental that something bad happens and there's the experimental and we're trying to get back to the control. We're trying to get back to where those things didn't happen as if the not happening is the norm rather than the fact that life is full of things happening, not that we all want them, but that that's what happens to us. And that's about what is. We want there to be an alternative, but we're living with what has happened there. There's this belief that there should be some reality where this didn't happen. And that keeps us struggling with what is. So as we've been talking about these immutable laws of living over these past few weeks, I've always talking about how we break the law. And then I try to point to the way that we get in back to back into obeyance of the law. Obeyance is the point when we're back into obeying the natural law. Now, let me remind you that this isn't like a law that you might break. And if you break it, you're going to be in trouble with the court system. This is a law that if you break it, life's going to be harder to live. Life's going to be more frustrating. And you're going to find yourself stuck behind the power of these, these beliefs, these laws. So my feeling is that the way we get back into obeyance is where we realize that we don't have to fight against the law. We might not like accepting what is, but on a rational level, we all recognize that we have no option but to accept what is. And yet on a day-to-day level, I watch people struggle and continue to break the law. So how do we break this law? The first thing is we just plain struggle against what is. We refuse to see the evidence of where we are. Many times on almost a weekly basis, I talk with people who are in the middle of a marriage crisis where they didn't even see the crisis coming. They didn't recognize how deeply their spouse was upset. They didn't realize how deeply the the relationship had become disconnected. They didn't want to see where things really were. And so when things finally come to a head, they're completely surprised by it. Often I'm talking with somebody who's dealing with a child who's gotten into some kind of trouble. And they didn't want to look at the evidence of the trouble that was coming. They kept pretending as if it wasn't true, that the things they were hearing, the things they were seeing didn't add up to what it really added up to. I've often talked to people who are in the middle of a financial crisis 
because they never were willing to look at what was happening with their money. They never were willing to track it. In fact, that's one of those places where I recognize we're fighting against what is, we're struggling against what is. It's when we won't even look. I've often asked people to record what they eat on a daily basis and they come back and they tell me they don't want to do that. And the reason is because they don't want to notice what is. And yet there's no way to move to a different place without seeing what is. I've talked with some people who knew that something was wrong with them. Maybe they'd found a lump or maybe they'd found something odd or something was going on that made them feel bad. And yet they didn't want to go to the doctor because they didn't want the diagnosis. That's struggling against what is. I had a close friend who um, he, we would scuba dive together. And one time I looked on his wife's shoulder and she had a mole that did not look right. And she did not want to go to the doctor. Finally, she went to the doctor after I told her several times she needed to and her husband pleaded with her to go to find that it was melanoma. The reason she hadn't gone earlier, she didn't want to find out. Many times we find our, ourselves stuck at a place where we don't want to notice the evidence. We just refuse to see it because we don't want to know what is. Sometimes I'll talk with people right before they go to the doctor and they'll say, I really don't want to go to the doctor's appointment. And I'll remind them that nothing that they're going to discover isn't already true. They're just going to find out about it. And sometimes we would rather bury our heads and not notice what is. So the first way we break this law is to struggle against what is and refuse to see the evidence of what is. The second way is to see what I'm saying just as pure pessimism, to say I can't accept what is because I'm an optimistic person. I want to see the possibilities. I want to feel good about things. I want to have a positive outlook. So let me tell you that my belief is when you accept what is, you can then be optimistic about the possibilities in front of you, but you can't be optimistic when you don't even know where you are. In fact, that ends up where what I call playing reverse fatalism. Fatalism is when you think everything's going to fall apart down the road. Reverse fatalism is when we keep trying to change the past, try to rework the past that has already happened. And as far as I can tell, what's already happened is closed and gone. It's, it's past us. I always think about that image uh, as we move through life, that there is this kind of the zipper of history closing behind us, that what has happened as we move forward in the moment is ending. There's no other possibility. The possibilities are in front of us, opening before us. But as we go through the moment, it closes behind us and can't be changed. But it creates the foundation of where we are. That's reverse fatalism when we keep trying to rework what's already happened. Then there are a couple of games that we play that I think keep us stuck. One is the play playing the game if only. And if only can be about the past or the future. If only I hadn't been abused. If only I had a million dollars. We can play the if only both ways. If only that had happened, then things would be different. I would be different. Then I would be responding to this differently. Then I would have other opportunities. If only. Whenever we hear ourselves saying some form of if only, you can bet that we're not quite ready to accept what is. Sometimes we play when then. This is the one of, you know, when I win the lottery, then I'll be happy. When I finally finish my degree, then I can be happy. When I finally get that job I want, that promotion I want, that whatever I want, then I can move on. When I finally get that car I really want, then. When I finally find that person to love, then life begins. And there's always a win 
that then we can be happy. The problem is that keeps us in a victim role. In fact, this is one of the ways we break that law where we stay in victim role when we play against what is because we keep trying to change it and we keep staying tied to what's happened. When we can't accept what is, we can't move forward into a new reality because we're tied to what is, what's already happened, what's in our past, in ways that's interesting that if you accept what is, you can then move forward from. So how do you get back into obeyance of this law of what is, is what is? Well, the first thing is when you find yourself struggling, look for where you're refusing to accept what is. When you find yourself frustrated, look for where you're struggling against what is. When you find yourself at a place of anger and resentment and hurt, look for the place where you're playing playing against what is. The second way to get into abeyance is to accept where you are. Right now, where you are, because wherever you are is a fine place to begin moving forward. In fact, until you accept where you are, you can't figure out the next place to be. You may have heard the story about the man who is searching with a flashlight uh, in one area of the road, and the man comes up and says, hey, what's happened? He said, well, I lost my key, so I'm looking over here. He said, oh, did you lose him somewhere over here? And the person says, oh, no, I lost him way over there, but it's a lot harder to look over there, so I decided I would look here. Well, the same thing is true when we don't start with where we are. We have no way of creating a foundational point of where we are until we deal with what is. If we keep making up stories about what, where we are, where we want to be, we're stuck with that game in our mind that keeps us from moving and accepting and finding a new direction. So part of the way we get back into obeyance is accepting that where we are is where we are. Not only that, but recognizing that where you are creates the place of how you can move into something else. But you have to start with the where you are in order to ever begin that that direction. The other way of getting back into abeyance is to recognize that joy, that contentment, that happiness, or whatever you want to call it, happens when you decide that you're going to be happy or joyful or contented. Not by reworking the past or waiting for some future event. Not by trying to make sure that you can rewrite the history that's already happened, nor that you have to wait for that then in the future. The happiness comes in the moment of accepting what is and deciding that what is is okay. And deciding that what is is a fine place to choose happiness, joy, contentment. I, I much prefer joy and contentment, but... Whatever it is that's your word, that happens when you decide, not when something outside of you changes and brings it to you. It's when you move towards it. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you find what is. Listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at Thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.